Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the SEO rock stars. We've got a little bit of a technical glitch there. I'm sure we'll get that straightened out. Uh, it is March 22nd, 2016, and this is Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisors, and I'm joined by our ever-faithful content curator and co-host, Frank Watson. How goes it? Good, sir? Good, man. And uh, we got some interesting things this week. It's, uh, it looks like a good cross-section of stuff. Outstanding. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to first talk about the nearly unnoticed Google update that uh, has happened, uh, according to some people's data, in early March. Um, Barry Swartz over at the Search Engine Roundtable uh, titled an article yesterday or this morning, uh, March 22nd, former Googler, Google's early March update gone unnoticed long enough. So according to some chatter and uh, this particular Google Plus thread that Barry uh, links to from Glenn Gabe, uh, there's another sign that there may have been some type of an update in early March. He's seen both up and down starting around 3.3 and he shared this publicly yesterday. Uh, and then uh, some people, including Pierre Farr, who used to work with Google and was one of the people that communicated with SEOs, um, is involved in the conversation and said definitely something happened and clearly it's gone unnoticed for long enough. So the point is um, that there might have been an update to Panda. Frank, have you seen anything and uh, have you started to look at any data around that date? There, the, uh, there has been, you know, there have been people noticing change and, and you know, everyone's sitting there and sweating the, uh, the soon to arrive but not yet arrived penguin update. And then we had that, you know, phantom update earlier, you know, right in the new year. I think, you know, they're just making some changes. I don't think this is specifically a panda or a penguin. I think it's just an update that was made. Otherwise, you know, the, the comments that were made by, who was it, Pierre? Um, Pierre Farr? Yeah, it would have, would have been a little bit more specific. I think he was just saying, like, wow, we made an update. We heard a few people, and now it's not, no one's talking about it. It's like, okay, we're out there, we're, you know, sort of dealing with everything else. It's not like there hasn't been changes to the Google layout, to, you know, dropping of services. It's, you know, it gets a little sometimes, and it's funny, I, I've said this before, you know, if a tree, you know, falls in the forest, do we have to hear it? You know, That's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, it's just something that happens and, you know, we're dealing with everything that you know, may ecologically be a ramification, but do we have to hear it? We're just constantly, you know, it's at the stage now where Google is constantly making changes. So it's nice when we occasionally can go and isolate the area that, you know, the changes are being made, but we're always dealing with changes. You know, new people coming in, et cetera, et cetera. So expecting well, us to scream and yell, you know, there was a little bit of radar change on, you know, like the Moz tool and the other ones that are out there that are recognizing, you know, any significant change in the search results overall. So maybe, you know, 
we should have jumped on something, but everyone's dealing with, with a lot of other things that are happening. The loss of uh, ads on the right-hand side have impacted how things are going on, on you know, the main section of Google. Right, and so the, another thing to keep in mind here, too, is that um, you mentioned the tree falling in the forest analogy, and, and that's a good one, or metaphor, uh, because... It, it, there, there's different forests, right? And if you consider that every industry out there is a different forest, and sometimes trees, a bunch of trees might fall in a, in a particular forest, and people in that forest will hear it, but people in other forests won't, right? And so that's why, you know, one of the good things about being in the SEO industry, <laughs> and also the bad things, is that sometimes stuff gets blown out of proportion because it's being seen by one or two people that have a decent-sized following or, or that can you know, somehow pick up Barry Schwartz's radar, and then something turns into something and it may or may not be. Now, Barry is, I think, assigning a little bit more value to this one because of the fact that there's a former Googler and for specifically what he said. Uh, but we got to keep in mind that there's a lot of different forests out there. And, and certainly, I mean, I just went while we were chatting and, and looked at about four clients in GA, uh, one, one of the accounts that I have access to. Uh, and and honestly, I haven't seen anything to tell me that any changes occurred in, in those industries. So let's move along. It's a good story uh, and certainly you know a, a great example of, of our industry and how uh, you know trees fall in forests but not everyone's in the same forest yeah um, exactly and, and and the roll into this next one about mobile again you know, it's <laughs> mobile getting too, right? So yeah. Google to boost mobile-friendly algorithm this May. We're having a bit of a Barry Schwartz uh, uh, section here because uh, this is article from him at Search Engine Land on March 16, 2016. Uh, so it says Google announced increase in mobile-friendly update factors, but don't expect another mobile getting. Uh, the key thing on here is that the it appears as if they're saying that it's going to be a rollout versus an immediate uh, change in the algo, which means that you shouldn't see uh, any immediate uptick or downtick in traffic from mobile as a result of this rollout, but rather you should begin to see, hopefully, uh, a slow uptick if you've been doing things correctly. Yeah, and, that, and that's the whole thing. You know, it's like, okay, they're going to begin this in May. You know, it's like, okay... That, that's pretty much like <clears throat> we spent quite a bit of time, you know, last year in April, prior to that April 21, uh, saying, okay, everyone ready, this, that, and the other. And, and there really wasn't that of an impact you know, over, over the months that followed. There, there were certain industries that got impacted more than others. But uh, I think this is, again, you know, Google saying, okay, we're going to be making some changes. And, you know, we're all aware of, different things that have got to get done and that you know, we're very busily helping clients address HTTPS and you know, mobile friendly websites and <clears throat> all the different things that are rolling out so okay we know it's coming thanks for letting us know we think that we've got part of it addressed you know uh, and if not we'll we'll soon see and they're saying who is it exactly that said it's not going to be a mobile again? Because there wasn't a mobile again the first time. It was just poorly named. <laughs> so maybe it will be another mobile getting. Yeah, exactly. A, a mobile hype getting. Yeah. All right. Before break, let's take a look at one more algorithm topic. And this one is actually from a different author at Search Engine Land, Patrick Stocks from March 17th. Why real-time search algorithm updates may be bad news. So we're just talking about how this is going to roll into sort of a real-time. Um, there's some potential effects, uh, according to 
you know, uh, this particular author, Patrick, that we have to consider are going to change the way that SEO is handled, right? I mean, we, we've often looked at SEO in both a proactive and a reactive manner. Uh, you know, when you have algorithm updates, typically, uh, ideally, you've been proactive uh, based on, you know, white hat SEO, et cetera, et cetera, and it's not going to affect you. Uh, but in a lot of cases, you might have to be reactive and make some changes, remove some stuff, change some things, whatever it is. Uh, in this case, I think it's a good argument that if it's going to become real time, you know, is this now going to become more of a rolling reactive or a, a combination of rolling proactive and rolling reactive, which are obviously my words. But yeah. uh, your thoughts, Frank? Well, I, I mean, the whole thing is, it's interesting because you've, we've got to get away from penalties. See, people are, you know, algorithm. He, he says troubleshooting algorithmic penalties. And in reality, it's not so much penalties as the change in the algorithm has caused the shuffling in the results. And there may be something that, you know, as part of your approach that has shifted. It's not a penalty. It's just, okay, you're not covering a certain element that they're now giving more importance to. You know, I mean, that's the problem in too many cases. And this is just going, you know, it'll keep us busy because, you know, real time changes means that they, you're going to need, people that are spending a lot of time in the search results and, and keeping track of what could possibly be causing changes and coming up with ways to counter them. Now, it's not a penalty thing. It's more how do you adopt to what Google is now putting more weight on in a particular way to rank your search results. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think is interesting, and it's kind of evil, and I don't know if Patrick thought of this himself, or he had a conversation with some black hats in a bar at night or something, but the idea about S negative SEO, and he said, imagine about there will be big money and spamming companies with bad links, and then showing companies these links and charging to remove them. The best, worst part of this model is sustainable forever. Just spam more links and continue charging to remove. Most SM think it's a rival company or perhaps their old SEOs who would suspect the company trying to help them combat this is evil all right uh, that's a pretty evil tactic but unfortunately I could actually see that happen yeah and that's the thing if it's going to be based purely on and see that's the responsibility of the search engine more than it is we've had numerous talks you and I and all of our mates that have been in this industry for a long time the fact that you can do things like point links to a website and all of a sudden they drop out of, you know, or drop down in the search results is, you know, that's, you know, that's a fault of the search engines. You know, they should just be able to go, okay, here's an influx of these. They're not good. We're just not counting them, you know, and you stay where you are. Why, why are you getting a penalty? You know, in this case, it is a penalty. Because someone else is pointing something to you and then they're reacting by you know, pushing you down because of something new that's going to you. You know, if it was that, you know, I mean, that just makes the entire thing ridiculous. And that's, you know, it's going to be great for, like you say, people that are willing to throw some stuff. It's like those ones that you do, you know, you run your website through something for malware checking it. All of a sudden, they're, you know, they're, they're selling you their malware. You know, it's, it's just... It, it, Google should be a little bit more responsible in the sense that, you know, if you're doing something good, you rise. If, you know, if you're doing something bad, then you just, there's no change. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's and you know we you could know. get into a whole conversation about standards and ethics and stuff, but uh, we certainly don't want to get into that conversation again. The fact is, is that the more that this kind of stuff happens, though, the more likely that someone like, hopefully, Google is going to see it and and try to figure out a way to stop these uh, you know unethical people from being able to profit off that. But the the other alternative is far worse, and that's that the FTC gets involved, right? Uh, so we're going to take a break on that and be right back with you. Stay with us here on SEO Rockstars. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The Web Marketing Association presents Great Moments in Website History. 1994, Trey G browses with a high-speed 56K modem. 1997, Donnie W discovers scrolling. 2006, Smudges the Cat becomes an animated GIF. What is your great moment in website history? The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2016. Go to webaward.org and sign up today. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. The David Harris crew were 
Hey, okay, we're on, guys. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being with us here on SEO Rockstars. Don't forget to check us out at twitter.com slash SEO Rockstars and also facebook.com SEO Rockstars. I'm here with Frank Watson. This is Chris Boggs, and we're going to get into a little bit of a rant session. Uh, we found uh, a couple weeks ago when we did one episode uh, where we uncovered a couple uh, less than factual statements or strangely worded statements in an article, you know, it made us both realize that there's a lot of content that gets put out on a daily basis about SEO and that some of it, unfortunately, is less than accurate or less than uh, current, we should say. Another thing that seems to be is that there's some people that sometimes seems to get uh, credibility because of publish publishing in a certain article uh, on a certain magazine for example uh and then uh, you know getting a lot of readers and then potentially even some fanboys and fangirls that are uh either u.s or non-us based uh anyway that, that it sort of goes it goes and it grows uh, unfortunately and it can become uh, a little bit problematic because for a lot of seos we spend time almost deprogramming uh, business owners from what they've learned about SEO, what they may have read recently. So on that vein, <laughs> we're going to jump to an article here. Uh, why don't I let you introduce the article, Frank? Yeah. Okay. This one is in Forbes magazine in the entrepreneur section. Uh, it's the 10 most common beginner SEO questions and answers by the infamous Jason Demers, who, I, you know, I mean, mate, I would love to meet him sometime and be able to sit down and sort of give him some insights because he he just really, you know, it, it's such goop in there. You know, there's there's a little bit of back, you know information that you you can get some value from, but then he breaks all the other rules. Like this one, every single one of his ten points has a link to some other part of either Forbes or his own website. Yeah, you know, I think there's one link up to a Mars article or something, and it's just like, you know, he doesn't realize that, you know, one and you're done as far as, you know, these links. And it's just, it, it's link spam that he's, you know, just doing something that should be in his list of things that it's link spam good and it should be answered no. But I mean, this stuff is just, you know, it, it, it's hurting our industry and it, it, it's, it's happening. I mean, you've, you've read it. What do you think? Well, honestly, you know, it says 10 most common beginner SEO questions and answers. Uh, I think that the questions are spot on, but I think that the answers, as you mentioned, require too much work for any business person that doesn't have a lot of time to learn about SEO. Uh, you know, this, there's a lot of non-answers for answers, and it says, oh, I covered this question more in depth. And, I mean, he's, he's optimized this article for the word in depth because in every one of the descriptions uh, or the answers to these questions ends with, uh, hey, check out this in-depth answer. So we're yeah, pretty much... A definitive guide seems to be in there as well, or is that the other one that we're talking about? It, yeah, definitive. There's a few definitive. There's a definitive guide to local. There's a definitive guide to Google Manual Action. Uh, it basically, it's just it's unfortunate. So uh, for those SEOs out there that have to come up against uh, this kind of uh, deprogramming <laughs> that you have to do because of people that think uh, or that just actually end up asking asking more questions as a result of these kind of articles, uh, we feel for you. Uh, but we're going to move along to the next one, which is actually uh, an article that I noted, Frank, um, 
you didn't like the title to the article. Tell us why. Well, the savvy SEO's guide to backlink analysis. Uh, oh my God! Come on, really? What, what? Who the hell? You know, it's like the use of guru. Yeah, you know, I've, I yeah, I would say okay, we're somewhat guilty because this show is called SEO Rockstars, but it's been called that for over ten years, and it's gone through various iterations of hosts that have really been stellar, you know, informative people in the industry. But I mean, this sort of savvy. No, I mean, it's again, they're looking to who's going to be searching for that to begin with. I was just doing a search and apparently SEO savvy ranks first for it. Uh, <laughs> and then there's socially savvy SEO, a Houston based company. So there is a lot of savvy out there. I was going to actually check uh, SEMrush to see what the volume was on that term. Uh, keyword overview savvy SEO. Sorry, we haven't found any information. Oh, well. Not enough volume for that one, but uh, anyway. <laughs> there, are, there are some good tools mentioned in here. Yes, this is at Entrepreneur, by the way, and it was published on, um, where's the date on Entrepreneur? March 3rd, 2016, and by Aaron Agus, uh is uh, providing some tools, uh, a lot of them that we use, uh, including uh, Majestic, um, is one that I see on there that I like. Uh, Raven Tools is another one that I use, um, and you know, there's a number yeah, of good I mean, ones on. Spyfu, I you know, I mean, Spyfu, and I, I love Spyfu uh, because I do a lot of paid search, and I, you know, I, I'm at the stage now where you know, I I really do recommend to people that if you've got a good PPC uh, uh, copy that has a high click-through rate, but not necessarily a good conversion rate, don't get rid of those. Use them in the description of your pages, you know, in your meta tags. Yeah. I think there's a couple, um, you know, decent points in here, too. Uh, the one about fresh and incoming links has a, speaking of anchor text links, this one goes to point-blank SEO. Uh, so I don't know if this guy works for them or uh, they were able to acquire a link here, an entrepreneur, but... Um, Looks like a good link. Anyway, uh, the the point is here is that uh, you want to look out for unusual spikes in fresh and incoming links. They're a red flag for your website and may indicate unnatural link building strategies on the part of your competitors. So that's a big statement right there. It's saying not only that you might be getting black hatted by your competitors or negative SEO'd, uh, but it's also saying that uh, unusual spikes in fresh and incoming links are bad. So if, if I'm a business owner, I'd be worried potentially, but what if I suddenly did something like supported uh, a local charity or a football team or something like that that meant that I was going to get a few dozen links out of it or maybe I did even a uh, an article or I was mentioned in an article and there was a link to my site in that article that I was mentioned in and that article got picked up a bunch so there's a, you got to be careful I think with general statements like that especially again when dealing with communicating with clients if you're an SEO uh, and if you're someone that's trying to do SEO and you really read something like this it's just one more layer of confusion that gets added yeah no exactly so you know i mean content so, freshness i agree with uh, there's a bunch of stuff in both of these that you know their, their points are fair but you know again it's it's unfortunate that you know magazines like fortune and uh entrepreneur just have these sort of sadly generic things they're just open to way too much interpretation and that yeah. you know, the the worst, uh, you know, I've, I've 
been spending a little bit of time lately on Cora. The, the amount of garbage now that that's, pl- that's put in there, especially in our industry, you know, it, because no one really wants to spend the time. So you've got a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, India and, and the Philippines that are popping in stuff to spam it, not realizing that they're all no follow. You know, they're, you know, and, and the views are so minimal that the click-throughs can't be driving any serious amount of traffic to them or any sort of work. You know, because it, it's just they keep dropping the same stuff in and they're not answering questions. And it's just, it's, you know, confusing way too many people that honestly come into a, a you know, Q&A website like the old Yahoo Answers trying to find out some basics. And so before we go to break, we're going to do one more quick topic uh, from business2community.com, which, by the way, in the third to last paragraph uses the term customer savvy seo strategy so savvy <laughs> seo seems to be quite the optimized keyword today amongst our uh, uh our, our little show here so i'm sure maybe some of our friends out there may do a thing or two just to try to get ranked for a savvy seo let us know about it on twitter or facebook what you did and see if you can get that number one rank for savvy seo so there's actually five uh, pretty decent points here that are covered by william yates uh, march 21st at business to community.com five things you really must know before you ever attempt seo exactly what is SEO. There's a there's a decent definition there. Um, I would personally change a couple words around, but it's pretty good. Uh, how does SEO fit with customer language? Uh, I think it's an interesting dissection along with the next one. It's your brand, not their search terms. So they bring up an example called Mint Imperial and they talk about some of the problems, you know, when you're doing searches like that. It's um, it's their search term, not your brand, or is it? Uh, so understanding, you know, in the case of the Mint Imperial, uh, the, the, some of the limitations and some of the problems that you'll have there with other sites being able to rank for it is important. I uh, think that the using SEO for continuous sales pipeline development, which is where they bring up the customer savvy SEO strategy, um, I think it's a good thing too. Um, you do have to, you know, a great example would be long-term care insurance. I know that everyone in that industry likes to call it LTC, but still, uh, to this day, not a lot of consumers call it LTC, right? So, someday, eventually, there's going to be more consumers that understand uh, the acronym LTC to mean long-term care. But until that happens, you got to, you know, yeah, make sure that you're keeping up to date with right. how your people yeah. are saying it. They- that's what happens when you know you see a lot of articles also about you know whether you should hire an agency or keep you know SEO in house, and you know the the drawback of in house while you really do know your industry, you're going to use industry language that the average searcher may not be you know using to try and come to you. So you know that's one of the benefits of being an outside of the box SEO. You're coming in, you're looking, and then you're going okay. Like you say, Mint Imperial, okay, I'm going to come up with any other brand of mint candy to be able to get you ranked for that and and drive the traffic that then builds the brand recognition. It's it's the reason why Google allows you to uh, use brand terms but not use the brand in the ad because, and the best example I ever heard was someone, you may go into a grocery store thinking you want some Coke, but when you get into that aisle, you're really looking for cola and you're looking for the price. You know, so, I mean, it's like you've got to be able to know 
that while certain brands and certain terms you know, stick in people's heads you, and your brand may not be one of them, you've got to not think that you just, you know, it's just a, an ego play if all that you're doing, you know, and that's bad SEOs will go listen to people and say, oh, yeah, okay, I can get you ranked for that because it's going to be real easy. But it's not going to generate you any traffic or any major sales unless there are already people that know you. And they'd necessarily, you know, could quite possibly just type it straight into the search bar, you know, into the URL address. Yep. Great point. And I mean, just for the record, if I go into a store looking for a Coca-Cola, that's the only thing I would buy. I can't stand Pepsi, uh, (laughs) RC Cola, any of that other stuff. But good good point. I I get cases sent to me for mentioning these brands. Oh, good job. Well done. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break on that so that Frank can down a quick case of some soda. And we'll be right back with you here on SEO Rockstars. Stay with us. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on, interact with expert speakers at informal networking events, and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th. Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Let's get back to Jim and Spammin' with the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. 
cool topic so far, ranging from algorithm updates to bad SEO advice to good SEO advice. Now we're going to go to what I would consider to be the article of the year so far. Uh, it is definitely um, from someone, uh, as a disclaimer, that I've respected and known in the industry for a long time. Uh, Roger Monty, and uh, it is titled Five Strategies Unlocked from Google's Quality Rating Guidelines. This was published on Monday, March 21st, 2016 at Search Engine Journal. And as I mentioned by Roger Monty, uh, who some of you may know as Martini Buster, uh, is his uh, nickname in the, uh, in the, in the search worlds. Uh, so anyway, Roger has actually created a document here that's really awesome. From, from my perspective because I've been using the search quality rating guidelines ever since the original one was leaked before you know the next one was leaked and then they finally said hey this is legit uh, so I think that there's a lot of great nuggets of information that if content writers uh, primarily I think is the best audience uh, for this document but definitely SEO strategists as well uh, but if they understand as 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 Roger puts it in his article, hidden within that document, written between the lines, as if as it were, are five important insights into the kinds of sites Google aspires to rank. So Google does aspire to rank good content, right? They want their users to be satisfied. Focus on the user; all else will follow. Is their first of ten things they know to be true. Content is not king. Frank, tell us about uh, the first strategy, and uh, I personally think it's 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 awesome because it kind of goes counterculture uh, to the old school thought that content is king. Well, I, you know, I mean, it's interesting because he starts out with a bunch of uh, really insightful elements of uh, what makes a quality shopping page. So, for any of your e-commerce people, you should definitely jump on that part of it. Um, you know, and I agree that um you know they're going that user intent and again it's it's that whole shift from specifically just having content and having you know a certain amount of quality elements to it user interaction with it you know um and, and just those elements then sort of impact what what the content is you, you still need the content yeah you know, i mean this whole uh, kings and queens and this that and the other we need content. That's what makes the page. If they're all images, I don't think Google would have as much success with what they're doing. Yes, no? A hundred percent agree. In fact, I love, you know, because he, he he highlights a specific word, uh, purpose or, and, and satisfying, right? And, and I remember even from the first leaked version that it kind of reminded me of Thomas the Tank Engine, which if you have kids, you may understand this one. But uh, really, the, the Thomas the Tank Engine and, and the primary goal of uh, all those trains on that little make-believe island was that they wanted to be useful. The word that they strive to be was to be considered useful, right? So if you look and dissect uh, the Google Quality Rater guidelines, that's really what they're requiring of pages, that each page or each content element serves a purpose and that the high-quality pages are satisfying and uh, the amount of content necessary for the page to be, to be satisfying depends on the topic and the purpose of the page. So, again, very well dissected here. And if you think about purpose and satisfaction, and that's your primary goal when you're creating content versus trying to go look at which keyword is searched, you know, 100 more times than the other or costs 
uh, 10 more times than another per click, which I think should be part of the strategy by all means. But you don't want to lead with that, right? Keyword-based and, and keyword dictated content strategy can be problematic because the page may end up not being really useful in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no, and I mean, we, we're aware of, I don't know how many people are keeping this in the back of their mind, but Google patented you know, a fact-based algorithm where you know it's the number of facts on a page, and to a, to a degree, that's what you've got here. Whether you know you provide enough information about a particular product or a particular person where you're answering all the different possible questions that bring, you know, that because we know that every search isn't the same. You know, there's X number of, you know, unique searches every day. So, but they, they go to the same sort of websites. It's not like they're also then finding unique content. A lot of the times it's just a different question to find the same sort of content. And in this regard, whether it's facts, whether it's, as he mentions, deeper below review, and awards and things like that. It's all about the, the quality, the freshness, and the engagement, as you had said earlier. Did I lose you? Sorry about that, Frank. I had kicked uh, <laughs> the mute button on there. Uh, there's some other great uh, we could go through and, and spend probably yeah. a whole show no, talking this about this article. I agree with you. This is definitely, Roger writes really well. He's a, a savvy guy, to use that word of the day. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's something that... I would recommend everyone jumping on and, and getting a read. It's over at Search Engine Journal. They, they really are, you know, providing some good content. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we won't, I mean, we could literally just get into another five minutes if we just even touched on one more. Let's cover off on a couple quick articles with like a point each uh, just to give them uh, the, you know, the credit that we had thought about using them today. Uh, Brafton.com. Uh, in its news section, talks about how Google's new local business cards could change local optimization and SEO. And in fact, we got a little three-pack of local articles that we'll touch on. So let me uh, t tell you all three of them, and then we can touch through them real quick. Uh, the other one is Search Engine Land. Uh, by the way, the Brafton article was published on uh, March 16. Uh, it's, again, how Google's new local business cards could change local optimization and SEO. And then um, there's an interesting article on March 21st from Jenny Foster over at Search Engine Land. Why costs for local SEO campaigns vary? Uh, it's uh, very is a word that looks very close to savvy if you if, if you quickly yeah. look at it. So uh, we wanted to throw that one in. And then lastly, uh, there's another article at Search Engine Land, and this one is back to more along the lines of the Brafton topic, which is Google posts are going to kill at local SEO. Uh, the um, well, so those Google local business cards, which you know, they first rolled out for uh, the political candidates, and now they're starting to you know. I think, you know, Google's just trying to create a bunch of things because they've had numerous attempts of trying to engage more with small local businesses. You know, the reason why they were willing to offer $6 billion for Groupon back in the day is because Groupon had a telemarketing army that was reaching out to local businesses. You know, Google still hasn't found that magic, you know, wand or incantation to get them involved with local businesses and i think this local business card is their their play of the the year type thing and and we'll, it should be interesting i don't think it's going to kill local seo you're still you know apart from being you know people going door to door and telling businesses about them you know unless google plans on doing some sort of mass email you know they've, local businesses have got to be made aware of it 
and you know you still have you know keyword associated with the business and everything else and you know these business cards are largely geared around the business name and location yeah. So this is tied together, by the way, and everyone should catch up on this. Uh, Greg Sterling and, and, and the team over at Search Engine Land is claiming sort of the naming of these things, much like algorithms get named by various entities uh, and, and one name sticks. Uh, Search Engine Land is claiming having named what are called Google Posts uh, because Google hasn't given it a name. And also, um, in fact, a... Um, both business cards and Google posts are our terms, not Google's, says Greg Sterling uh, on March 4th. Uh, so it, it's important that you understand the posts, basically, as, as Search Engine Land is dubbing it, is a system that does allow you to augment your local business listing. And Google, the cards, uh, is, is one, of the ent or one of the functionalities within that system, which doesn't really have an official name, apparently. So uh, I recommend to anyone... Uh, that's a local business, first of all, but also if you're in local SEO or you're thinking about, uh, you know, serving more local clients, uh, understanding how this works and uh, tying it into some of the schema.org stuff or data highlighting that you're doing is just yet another way. Um, I, I think that from my perspective, my favorite article actually in here is the one with... Uh, uh, from Brafton, or uh, no, it's not from Brafton. It's the one uh, search engine land. There's one where the uh, oh, where they're talking about uh, the card carousel specifically at search engine land, and um, it, it's neat because it shows how you can like take do a series of pictures, right, and and maybe try to sell something. And each time they're looking at one picture, it's the next part of your message, right? So, uh, it, one of the things I've been advocating for some years now is owning the above the fold for if someone searches Google for your brand, and in this by all means, is the best tool that we've been given yet in order to be able to uh, diversify and, and augment the content for our brand when people search on Google. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, you know, the, the, the article in between was just talking about various uh, places that you can get lists. Jenny Foster's thing about, you know, Mars Local versus Yext and, and things like that. You know, the, the guys over at Best of the Web have a local product that, you know, they've they're not charging for either. So, you know, there are, there are uh -huh. a bunch of places that you can get local listings and, and, you know, you, you do need citations and citations are just another complicated word for links. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're, yeah, they're good more, point. Geared, more geared towards a location and, and a, Speaking of words invented or, or associated to the industry by certain entities, I would say that citations was probably introduced to our industry by Best of the Web, and they were the first ones that were really pushing and being called that versus links. Uh, so, yeah, last quick point on that Jenny Foster article. It does break down the three different types of, of SEO local services, and I, I agree with this classification. There's automated, there's small-scale, and there's holistic, or you, I guess you could probably call that enterprise. So if you have maybe a brand and multiple locations. So uh, check out that article and it's a good uh, primer in terms of what you should expect to pay as a local business or maybe a charge as a local yeah, SEO know, expert. We, not, we don't have, you know, no one uses a yellow book anymore. You know, uh, offline advertising, you know, in penny savers and things like that don't produce the same amount of work. You know, if you're a local business and you're looking to drive customers, You've got to be looking at, you know, local SEO and different campaigns that you can use to uh, 
whether it's you know mobile PPC you know, based on specific location and geography. That it's it's a good article and it is something that local businesses should be aware of. All right. Well, listen, everyone, we've reached the end of our time this week on SEO Rockstars. Thanks for joining us as always. And we look forward to hearing from you. Get to let us know your questions. If you uh, got a burning topic you want to come in and talk about with us, let us know. Uh, if we liked you and you bought us a beer sometime in the last few years, we may consider it. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But let us know. Uh, we'd love to have more guests on. And uh, not that I'm tired of hearing Frank's voice. Let's uh, rock on, everyone, and see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.